Well, hey, Pathways, what's going on? Welcome to this month's edition of Table Talk. Uh, We are continuing our series of asking and answering your questions. And I'm excited because today you don't have to listen to just me. You get to listen to uh, the one and only Pastor Nathan. Yeah, glad that you are we were all hoping that it wasn't just you this week. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Kidding. We were all hoping. We were all, all hoping. I get That's it. Not true I get all. it. You're doing an awesome job. I get it. Well, hey, actually, um, we, were, we were talking about this before. Uh, we just both prepared something on the Beatitudes. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So I want you to, right off the top, I want you to share your favorite Beatitude and why. <laughs> I do have a favorite Beatitude. My favorite. If you don't know where the Beatitudes are, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's like Matthew 5. One through uh, twelve, something yeah, like that. Yeah, one through twelve, something like that. Um, so, it, my favorite one is probably "Blessed are the peacemakers," um, because I like to point out that it, for one, it doesn't say "Blessed are the peacekeepers" or "Blessed are the peace havers." Making some peace, you got to make peace. Yeah. It's an active, <laughs> it's an active, intentional thing that we have to do. So that's that's one of the thing, one of the ones that I talk probably bring up the most. It might be my favorite. Also, it might be "Blessed are." The ones who show mercy, for they will be shown mercy, because I need mercy a lot. So, <laughs> so, so I try to be patient with people and try to be gracious and merciful when people make mistakes, because I'm going to probably make more, sta- more, more, more mistakes than they will, and I desperately need them to have that mercy on me. Those are probably the two that stand out right now, come right off the top of the dome. Yeah. And yeah. I knew you were going to ask. I got to brief real quick and just make sure I wasn't forgetting <laughs> any and like look through there. But, uh, man, yeah. My favorite, um, I, I think my favorite out of all of them um, is verse six, where it talks about, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Yes. Um, I just, I love that imagery of like this want for righteousness yeah. and wanting to be right with God. Um, but then also the the imagery of what it looks like to actually be filled. Right. Um, but the entire Beatitudes, um, if you haven't read through them, I'd encourage you to read through them. They're incredible. It's such an encouraging piece of scripture because Jesus mentions all the things that like seem to go un- like unnoticed. Um, he mentions the people that like blessed are the merciful, blessed are the down the down in spirit, and blessed are the like. So it's talking about so many people that like in that's always me, and when I'm not at my best, which yeah. I need, you know, like I need that encouragement, even whenever, uh, yeah, even even when I'm not at my best, like God has blessings for me because I'm striving and I'm working closer to being closer to Him, right. working harder to be closer. Well, to him. I just think even as a concept, like I, I like to think through it because obviously I. I'm a pastor, I work at a church. Mm-hmm. And so I think through what Jesus was thinking as he was, you know, yeah. was saying these things. Um, and from a scholarly standpoint, what he's doing is he's basically reinventing the promises of Moses mm-hmm. and the law of Moses, but he's changing, changing like the end direction, like the end goal of them. Right. Which is really, really cool to me. Like he's sitting right. there and going, Yeah, Moses said there's gonna be this promised land, it's gonna be great. This is Canaan, this is what we promised. But I have this promised land that's heaven. Yeah. And this is what's promised to you. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Like the like the right. like you you are gonna listen to follow my law and you are gonna uphold everything that I said with almost like this uh, successful pride and then eventually inherit the promised land. Yeah. Well, how about the ones that aren't prideful and the ones that like think a little lowly of themselves or the ones that are downtrodden, the ones that are depressed and the ones that are like meek, like they're going to inherit the earth. They're going to inherit everything in yes. my kingdom. Like that's awesome. That's so good. I love it's, it. It's such a cool, and I think the other thing that's really cool about it for 
that, that I really love about it is like, you look at the promises of Moses, and there's some cool promises there in are. the Old Testament. There's some incredible stuff in there. Uh, they're made to the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually one of the things that bothers me uh, about the way that people dissect scripture a lot of times is they like to take it out of context. So yeah. they're like, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans, like it's, it's on everybody's graduation yeah. cake. Um until you realize, like, no, actually, that's a promise to the Israelites. <laughs> right. Like, actually, it's a promise to the Israelites. And so um, for the Sermon on the Mount, the, the Beatitudes are promises to to us. Like, yeah. they're forward-facing, looking at us as, as followers of Jesus. And so I think that's such a cool thing to have. Right. I agree. Such a cool thing to have. So Read the Beatitudes, people. Yes. Read them. Wow, we're already off topic. This is this is good. I like it though. I, I think like we're supposed it. to be talking about dinosaurs today, and we just talked about attitudes <laughs> for like the first nine minutes. Well, so actually, uh, last month we talked through dinosaurs, and I, oh, I tried okay. to give you a, a set of answers, um, and it actually led to this um, this fury of activity. For between me and everybody I know who's a pastor, because <laughs> yeah. I just started texting him like, "Hey, what do you believe about dinosaurs?" Like, it was like a week where the break room was always talking about dinosaurs. When I, Michael I was just was like, around. "I was just like, hey, uh, Adam, what do you believe about dinosaurs?" Hey, <laughs> Tammy, uh, Nathan, Tammy. I was like asking, you know, and and even like my friends, I'd be sending them a text. You know, I have a lot of friends who are in the ministry, and I was like, "What do you believe about dinosaurs? Are you new Earth or old Earth? Or wh- where, where are you at with that?" So, Nathan. Where are you at with dinosaurs? Give, give me I think a, the, a picture of that. I think, first of all, dinosaurs were real. Amen. I think it's funny that there's... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think it's really funny that there's people that just genuinely don't believe that there were anything ever resembling dinosaurs. Wild. Um, <laughs> now, I just don't know enough to say, like, I believe in every species of dinosaur that we have named over the last however many years like i don't know how you can find a random one-off bone and be like oh that bone is obviously a kneecap and it obviously goes on a dinosaur <laughs> that looks like this and they just like build a whole dinosaur out of one bone so i don't know enough to like understand all it really is mo- impressive what modern science has done with dinosaurs but the bible talks about um in job talks about a leviathan and like if you look at how old people live to be and how uh reptiles work in the real world that we can observe, then it makes sense that there would be something like that. Reptiles never quit growing, right? So if an alligator is a 30-year-old alligator, it's going to be enormous, like a bigger yeah. than every other right. alligator. So if people who now live to be about 80, 85 years old, were living to be 800, so an alligator that would be 20 is now 200 then, like, I can see how that would look like a dinosaur. Yes, And I could see absolutely. how its skeleton yeah, yeah. I mean, would it, not look like what we see now with alligators. Com- completely. And so, like so I, makes and, sense. And it, it makes mention of a of something that sounds like a, a, a dinosaur in Job. So I think that they were real. I think they're biblically backed to some degree. Nobody's, like, you know, writing a whole laugh. book about... I, I always laugh at, like, looking at those dinosaur books because... My, my boys love, like, all of our clothes are dinosaur-based yeah. and all, whatever. Yeah. And I love how um, the books will just, like, make these random assumptions. And I, I, I right. call them random assumptions. Maybe they know. Yeah. But they're like, this dinosaur was blue. And you're like, how, how, how do you know? know that? You don't how know do that. Know? This dinosaur made this. Like, we don't even know what dinosaurs sounded like. Right. Technically, like, I, I know they can, like, I'm sure there's a way they can figure that out. Um, but what if they didn't like roar? They didn't like make these the fierce meow. noises. <laughs> <laughs> the big T-Rex. <laughs> like that was a as it, as it as it as it like comes down to grab you, it's meowing. Um, 
Man, that's good. That's so good. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got some some questions to answer today. Uh, believe it or not, we're just gonna not just gonna talk the entire time. But about we could random we could, stuff. We, we could. Totally could. Uh, before we, we get into that, I want to just kind of remind you all of the, the, the different tiers, right? We talked about uh, the kind of the spiritual triage that we do with issues of like, hey, this is a first tier thing, uh, meaning oh. that it's it's an absolute. Uh, it's a second tier thing. It's it's you mentioned by scripture, but it's not really um, fully laid out or, you know, a third tier, which is kind of more opinion. You're taking your Christian worldview and trying to apply it to the world we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be like, okay, uh, Facebook. You know, there's no mention of Facebook in the Bible or Instagram or any of these. Um, how should we interact with those? Okay, right. that's where you get into more of the opinion pieces, I guess you could say, yeah. of it. So with that in mind, we're going to ask uh, the first question, which oh looks gosh, like this. makes me so nervous to know. Oh. You're good. No, go ahead. You're good. You're yeah, good. yeah. yeah. You're I just good. am like, what if I say something really stupid? This is why I show people mercy, because I'm going to need some <laughs> mercy on this podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're, we'll just put a disclaimer off the top. We're not subject matter experts at all of this stuff. Um, they just give us microphones and for new guitars and yeah, yeah. to sing. We, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so first question, um, how do you explain God's omnipotence to someone who isn't a Christian? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe first actually define what omnipotence is, you know, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So w- when we say omnipotent, what, what are we talking about? What are you talking about? That's a good question. We're, we're talking about <laughs> God's uh, lim- limitless, boundaryless, like a power without boundaries, an existence without boundaries. Yes. God is greater than all things in all places. That's omnipresent, but in all places at all times, um, he's aware. He's he is um, able to impact anything without any limits or boundaries or borders. Yeah, he is all powerful. So it's if you break it down, omni is all, all, and then potent power. So power. it's all powerful. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of what what we're talking about when we talk about omnipotent. Um, that he's this ultimate power over all things, but he's also the source of power. Like he's right. the source of where everything comes from. So. Uh, we believe that God is omnipotent, that he's all-powerful, mm-hmm. that's the source of all power. Um, he's limitless, full of strength, wisdom, love, holiness, um, all of those things. He's all-powerful. Right. Um, so knowing that, how do we go about explaining it to people who don't know God? So I, I think really what this person's asking mm-hmm. um, is there's kind of like a little bit of tension between, okay, if God is all-powerful, all-holy, all he's omnipotent, right? But he's also our like he's an authority, mm-hmm. but he's also our friend. Like we sing about him in in worship at times, where it's like, oh, he is my friend, and so right. it's like that that How balance be, of like, yeah, it's a difficult, uh, double sided coin to kind of like he is omnipotent, but he's also intimate. Yeah. So like, oh, I like that. Yeah. How can we have a God that's both? Like, how can anyone be both? Um. And to that, like. A doc- so a, a great doctor may know everything about uh, the human body, all the things that it needs that it takes to, yeah. to operate properly. But when I show up, I just have a cough. And he knows intimately, he knows, you know, he knows broadly, he knows yes. everything, but he knows intimately how to address the thing that I need. So like I he can have the knowledge of all things. It doesn't mean the knowledge of all things is relevant to me, 
but that doesn't stop him from having that power. It doesn't keep him from being, it doesn't limit him just because I'm limited. So God is smart enough and powerful enough to meet us exactly where we're at and to, yeah. to be relevant exactly where we're at, regardless of, um, yeah, there's a million things that God can do and understand and know that I, I never will, or at least not until I'm in heaven and I get to ask some questions, you know. But in the meantime, he's going to come directly to where I'm at and deal with me where I'm at. Because even though he's all-powerful, there are 8 billion people on this planet officially now, allegedly. I yeah. haven't counted them all myself, <laughs> but I'm guessing that there are. So I'm guessing that's inaccurate. So, uh, yeah, so there are 8 billion people on this planet. He is powerful enough to be intimate with each of us. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Like it's, it's that he is powerful enough to know us all intimately. Yeah. He has so much more power than, than we do. Yeah. It's kind of that, it, you're right, it is this balance between, I'd almost like, look at it this way, it's like a balance between Jesus is my king, but he's also like my friend. Right, right? So yeah. we've talked about in, in students before. Um, it actually reminds me, so when I was, uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to be in law enforcement, um, and there was this time when I was in law enforcement that uh, I had just done a training like two days before with a, a guy that I knew from a different department. Right. Um, and I was driving home from work a couple days later, and that dude pulled me over. So, like, he walks up to the car and, like, taps on the window, rolls it down. At, the, at that point in time, I just, like, bought this, bought a, bought a new car. And, um, you know, he rolls up and he's like, hey, license plates aren't current. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know license plates aren't current. I haven't, haven't switched them over yet. And, uh, and he's sitting there and he's like, all right, well, Michael, I'm going to go back to my car. And in this moment, I'm sitting there going – is he going to be like somebody, like an acquaintance, kind of like a friend who knows <laughs> yeah. me, or is yeah. he going to be the authority? Because yeah. like he's operating out of both. Right. Um, long story short, uh, I got a ticket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very short. <laughs> yes. Long story short, I got a ticket for that. Um, but it, it kind of is that balance, right? That yeah. same thought I had is the thought that so many people have. When you yeah. tell somebody who's not a Christian, hey, there's this God who's all-powerful, who uh, you know created the earth. I mean, think of, I, I love what Colossians uh, 1.16 says. It says this, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, uh, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him. Like, mm. we are very clear that, God is powerful and yeah. he creates everything. But then we also are like, hey, come come meet Jesus. And we talk, I'm like, he's my dude. Like he's my yeah. best friend. Yep. And that that can I, I understand the the complexity of that. There's yeah. it's such a complex thing. Um and, and so I think, you know, kind of putting more words to it, like, how do we explain that to somebody who's not a Christian, who's, you know, not of not a follower of Jesus, doesn't know why we're talking about Jesus the way that right. we are. You know? How do you do it? What would you say? I mean, I, I think for me, if I was asked that question of like, okay, you have this God who's all powerful, but he knows you intimately. I, I think you could go to the direction that we just did where you talk about, hey, it's, you know, God is powerful enough that he can know me yeah. intimately. Um, I, I think for me, I would speak to, I'd first lay the, the boundary of, yes, I believe that he's omnipotent. Because okay. I think for a lot of people, they're trying to go, it's one or the other. Yeah. Either your God is all-powerful or he knows you. Take right. your pick. You can't have both. Yeah. Um, and so I think the first thing I would do is like, oh, no, time out. Because we don't want to miss the character of God. Hey, right. my God is all-powerful. He is, he's an amazing God. He created everything. But part of the, the reason he created 
us was out of love. Right. And if you love something, you want to know everything about it. Yeah. So God created me out of out of love, not because I'm worthy, not because I deserve to be created. Right. Because he wanted to know me intimately. Right. And so I, I think in that, when you start to look through that that lens of like, why were we created out of power? Right. You know? that all of a sudden becomes a something that makes it a little bit more clear. Because if the purpose of creation is to to worship God, which it is to worship God, but it was also completely out of love and community, well, you know, then all of a sudden it changes the way that we have that conversation and the way that God views creation. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, I would like the like uh it kind of makes me think of like a uh, uh, any any kind of a builder, any kind of a maker. So like a, a somebody who builds houses, a construction worker or a contractor, designs and builds his house from the ground up. And he has, in from the beginning, he has the authority and the ability to make whatever house he wants. Yeah. Make it look however he wants. He can do whatever Weird he design wants structures with it, anything he wants. And then as he builds it, has to put his hands on every single part. And then after he finally gets to move into the house that he built, learns all the little nuances. Where does the floor creak? Where does, which right. window leaks a little? Uh, every, every, which, every step. Yeah, what is that? Depending on how old every your house step, is. <laughs> right, yeah. So, like, yeah, every step creaks, yeah. Well, uh, I think that's a great, like, a great thought. Yeah. You know, when you think about, so I just replaced the flooring in my kitchen. Yeah. And there's one place I messed up. Uh, you I like me. I messed up and I <laughs> chipped like the corner, uh, and I see it every time I walk past yep. it. I know it intimately. Like it's this, t- it's this huge floor, and it's this tiny little piece. But yet I know that that yeah. piece. You know, I, I love that that thought. That's actually really, really a really yeah. good way to explain it. Cool. So I, I think when we look at God's omnipotence, if you're going to explain that to somebody, I would first first and foremost, I'd say, hey, this is what it means. This is what I mean when I say that God is powerful. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'd be prepared to go into with this question, if somebody's asking you this question and is asking you, well, what about this whole powerful God thing? Immediately following this is, why doesn't God stop bad things? Because you you know that if yep. that that's the next question down the line, yep. um, your friend might not have gotten to this question that question yet, um, but that's the next question that's coming is why does why, why does God allow bad things to happen if He's right. so powerful? Um, and that's. That's another whole another subject to, yeah. to be looking at, but I think you know this is this is kind of the, the fun thing about getting to talk through questions is we get to go oh what about this because you yeah. know that this is the next thing that it's the thing that your mind goes to too. Yep. Um, I, I think, you know, like when you have a hard conversation and like ten minutes after it's over with, you think of that one thing you wish you had said. Yes. You're like, dang it. We're trying to do that before the conversation. Yes. Now. You know what I mean? You're trying like, to we do wanna, it before. We want to have the ammunition before we get into a situation where we're going to, like, say something dumb. Also, mind you, when you do get in a situation like that where, like, someone's coming at you with difficult questions, uh, our, our we think that we're going to look dumb if we don't have a good answer. But you don't look dumb when you don't have a good answer. You look dumb when you act like you had a good answer. Okay? <laughs> so, like, you can tell yes. somebody, like, you know, I've thought about that a lot, and I don't have a good way to put it right now. Can I, like, can we talk about this? You don't want to be like, the kid we come that, back like, to this conversation? You don't want to be the kid that, like, hand shoots up immediately and gives the answer and it's wrong. And, you, right. and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> is the most awkward thing ever. Right. Right? So, like, it's okay to be like, hey, like, that's such a good question. I've thought about that a lot. 
is it cool if I if we like get back on this conversation later? Because I would love to be able to like actually have a good answer, like put it together in my head, so I don't feel like an idiot when I answer. Also, asking questions is good. Ask somebody what they believe, and sometimes somebody that's that wants you to say they don't believe in God, or that wants you wants your answer to be ammunition for them why they shouldn't believe in God. Sometimes they'll talk themselves out of like why they don't believe in God. They'll yeah, be like, yeah. well, I guess it is possible by the end of it. And you're, you didn't have to say anything. So sometimes it's good just to ask the question back to them. Like, what do, well, what do you think? What do you believe? See what yeah, they, what do you, see what what's, they say. What's your worldview? What does that look like and, and why? I and think then, that's the other question. Like, Because you learn a lot. You know, I actually yeah. had a conversation with someone the other day who practices Wicca, yeah. which I, I had never like Wicca and Greek mythology. And I yeah. was like, There's a, a lot of wow, people in my I've, hometown I've never, that are, that I've are Wiccan. Never, yeah never really had an interaction with somebody. And so I was genuinely like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. How did, how did you come upon, like, how did you come up with this? Yeah. And it's, it's just very interesting to have those conversations. Um, and I think, uh, you know, as we answer those questions yeah. and as we work through why we're, you know, why we follow Jesus, I, I think something you'll notice is it comes back to, to love. Yeah. God is God's love. I mean, we, we were just talking about his power. It came yeah. back to his love. Yep. You notice that? I mean, even if you talk about, um, let's say that that next question that follows is, you know, why does God allow bad things? Right. Um, it's actually out of love, which is a really hard concept for people to understand in the moment. But as you walk them through and go, well, he offers us free choice. Yeah. Why does he offer us free choice? We, we, we're offered free choice. We choose evil, yeah. which causes pain, which causes suffering, yeah. which calls, caused the falling of the world. Um, but why does he give free choice? Well, out of love. Yeah. And notice that it all comes back you know, there's the reason why the Bible says the greatest of these is, is love. love. Yeah. Um, why? And, and it's not a not a cultural love, but a biblical love. Yep. And so it, I would say that that's something that you should notice as you're answering these questions is that it comes back to love. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Because that's that's the heart of God, and that's what God is yep. is communicating to us through His actions. Is His love for us. 